0: First
1: Radio. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Cameron. Hey. And today, we have a very special guest on the show, Mr. Life Egil.
0: Hello. Yes. How are you doing, <laughs> man? I'm great. Uh, I'm uh, in a, my own little bubble right now. I just had a kid mm-hmm. like 15 hours ago. So, yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: life is actually someone we've known, um, uh, actually at this point, like five years ish. Yeah. That's as long as we've been aware of your existence. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we've actually only met in person once, and that was, uh, back in 2019 in Bergen yeah. for Skeptics Week. Is that right, life? Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. You were one of the speakers at, um, At uh, Skeptics Week, right? In one of the events in the evening? Yes. Uh, Do you remember what that topic was by any chance? Uh, Faith and science, I believe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners at home, since we know all about you, uh, (laughs) go ahead and just introduce yourself to them. Tell us a little bit about who you are.
0: Yeah. So uh, my name is properly pronounced Leif Egil Reva. But mm-hmm. uh, I rarely use, or I, I sometimes use, the middle name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's more about what other people are used to using. Yeah. So when I meet a uh, bunch of new people who uh, only need to uh, learn my name, I use both. Mm-hmm. But if they're learning a ho- whole bunch of names, I only use one. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs>
2: That's good. Half as much mission to remember. Yeah. And especially for Americans who don't know any of the names yeah exactly
0: <laughs> so I'm um, then Norwegian uh, mm. I'm uh, uh, from a family who were non-religious so um, I was brought up in what's called um, secular obviousness which kind of mm. implies that uh, of course there is no God, of course Christianity has no relevance um that kind of sentiment to me that it could even be relevant was pretty far fetched for for me. Uh, I did have some Christian friends Mm -hmm. uh, or classmates at least uh, and uh, especially two uh, Christian friends but we rarely talked about religion unless they really wanted to discuss it because I love discussing things Mm -hmm uh and um uh i was uh, very conscious of my atheism so they often uh, didn't like that much to talk about those things because i also like discuss to discuss uh, things <laughs> yeah so um i was pretty um aware of my atheism uh until i was about um eighteen. Uh, when I was eighteen I met a new friend uh, who I got to respect in an intellectual capacity. Uh, and then he told me he was a Christian. Oh. Uh, and to me that was a very strange sensation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was not that uh the Christians in my class were not intelligent or something. But but it was the the um, just first getting the the intellectual um, uh, inspiration from him, and then realizing that he was a Christian. That mm. the so the um, order was the thing that made the difference. Uh, and uh, we of course had to discuss this, uh, and uh, the. Uh, one thing he um claimed that i uh, really liked to address was that um if there was uh, a beginning to the universe uh what makes sense mm. is that god did it mm-hmm. uh and of course my instant uh, reaction to that was uh of course that's not the case at all we know the big bang theory we we mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. this already yeah uh Right, and um, to me, when he uh, or f- first he, he uh, explained well, he also believed in Big Bang. So that's mm-hmm. not the question we were asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> yeah, more, <true. laughs> more, more like right. um, when uh, if Big Bang is a thing, mm-hmm. that seems to indicate that what we know about the physical world has a beginning. And that beginning seems to need a cause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, for those uh, who know apologetics and, and all, they, they will probably think that we talked about the Kalam cosmological argument, but we did not. We just discussed this case mm-hmm. of the universe having a beginning. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so we actually formulated uh, my own, or our own uh, argument Which I since uh, wrote the master thesis in philosophy about, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is very shortly just like this something must have been the first thing that ever was. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. first thing is either nothing, something physical, or something non physical. It's not nothing, it's not something physical. Therefore, it's not something non-physical. This non-physical mm-hmm. has the qualities uh, we normally resemble to God. So um, that uh, argument took me way longer to to um, Erase. <laughs> grasp than yeah. than uh, just yeah. presenting it like that. Sure, but um, sure. at least we agreed that this seemed to be what needed to be true for this beginning to actually mm-hmm. point to God uh, so we uh, so I, I spent the next uh, about 3 or 4 months discussing this with or uh, reading everything I got on in my hands on the beginning of the universe uh, trying of course to, to show my friend how we didn't know enough science mm-hmm. uh, and realizing that uh, of course, I learned new stuff, but I didn't ne- learn anything that principally challenged the the physicality of – or that the physical had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and when I weighed the, the alternatives against each other, the God hypothesis had carried much more weight than, for instance, a multiverse or yeah. – Uh, cyclic universe or something Mm -hmm. so at that point I became uh, a deist I started Mm. to believe there is a god but I didn't become a Christian right Uh, and um, seven years later uh, I uh, when I was 25 I started researching Jesus from a historical perspective coming from a perspective where I initially thought uh, jesus was like any fairy tale mm-hmm. uh, so I, I would say that also shows how little i i really had done serious research to it yeah but but yeah. at least that were was where I com- came from uh, and also here uh, going through very much reading material uh, I ended up uh thinking that the most sensible thing in light of the evidence we have is to say that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which obviously made me a Christian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Th- thank you so much for all of that. Uh and you know, I'm so tempted to actually just make this an episode on cosmological <laughs> arguments uh yeah. now. Um yeah. But I won't, (laughs) Uh, because. But next time, next time we'll have to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, That's uh, it's really interesting to hear about how you came from a secular background or was raised in a secular context, and your journey from going from that to deism to eventually Christianity is uh, is really cool. Uh, Um, So, life. The the reason why uh, we wanted to have you on today is because recently in Oslo a couple weeks ago. There was a demonstration or a protest or some kind of event happening in uh, downtown Oslo uh, that was spreading awareness around the changing laws in Norway around abortion, actually. Yes. And I, uh, me and Cameron, don't really know a whole lot about what's going on, but it's something that's happening right now in Oslo. All and know- and all I know about it is that it's a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, life. I we're friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know that you were involved in that event in some way, um, and so I reached out to you and I said, "Life, I, I need you to help me out and tell me what's been going on." So, what is
0: happening right now in Norway uh, with the abortion laws? Yeah. So, f- first, I would like to clarify that um, I had personally the only thing I had to do with that event was inviting people I knew. Mm. probably could ah. uh yeah so so I, I didn't have anything specifically with that uh, to do okay uh but um right now uh the laws in norway are that um you can have an abortion up to 12 weeks uh without any just justification you can <laughs> it's self um elected uh and from 12 weeks until twenty four weeks, uh, you have to go through. Uh, it's not a trial, but but it's a, a something similar. It's a, a kind of, there are some judges here, but but they're uh, uh, ethicists and they're uh, experts on this area. So, like a review and or it, a panel. Yeah 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 exactly okay. uh, re- v- review panel oh. yeah and uh uh this panel is pretty liberal on uh uh w- but it it needs some reason mm-hmm. uh, until uh, week 24 and from 24 on they need a very compelling reason okay uh mm-hmm. yeah so uh they're kind of liberal until week twenty four and uh after that they're pretty conservative okay uh, and uh what is up right now is that they're uh, they want to uh, change these laws uh, they want to make uh, make it uh freely elective up to week eighteen uh, which is the hmm. main um main suggestion uh, mm-hmm. that is to change it up to 18 but there are others uh, on hand uh, there's um, someone who has said uh, week 20 24 uh, mm. i don't think anyone has even suggested going beyond 24 freely um mm. so so at least in norway that that is still a very controversial uh, position to, to mm. even Think of right, yeah. So um, at least um, right now, uh, it has been up like three years ago, but uh, then it was mostly a political uh, thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now uh, it has also been been uh, it, they have done a proper research in uh, beforehand, uh, so it, it's more probable that uh, it may. Change some laws this time around yeah. Mm.
1: okay yeah so they're looking the main one or at least the one that um, ha- has the most potential to be passed or changed to is expanding the like abortion for any reason mm. freely elective uh, from 12 weeks and expanding it out to 18 weeks yes um, okay wow Um that's a that's a pretty big jump from twelve to eighteen weeks i mean it strikes that strikes me as uh, as a big jump hmm. um okay so so what is uh, if you could just help our uh friends back at home or in uh, the United States hmm. kind of sketch out maybe some Norwegian attitudes towards yeah. abortion so i mean i know it's kind of a. um stereotype on the internet that attitudes in america are very polarized right yeah yeah it's it's stereotypical that if you're conservative you're against it no matter what if you're liberal you're for it no matter what no matter when uh with some limitations in like the like what you said the past the 24th week into the third trimester but in norway is it like that are people generally passionately pro-choice are the conservatives very passionately pro-life Are there differences in the church? Let's start with the general public. Do you yeah. think Norwegians in general are pro-life or pro-choice?
0: So I would say in general, the, the people in Norway are pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, when, when I uh, was in school and we discussed this, uh, I we had um, more open dialogue on this than is usual in school. Mm-hmm. Uh and it, it's oh. probably because we had a, Chris, a Christian teacher wow. in the course we, we took the subject. So when when we discussed that, um, I didn't know in any way, in any shape or form that this was connected to uh, religious views at all. Mm. We uh, discussed it on a principal matter that it, it, uh, is this a human life? Uh, Does that matter? Uh, Is that what... Mm -hmm. uh, Like the principal questions. Uh, But I don't think that's very uh, usual to do it that way. Um, Most people in Norway are definitely pro-choice. At least if you say Mm. it's over 50%, we know it's uh, way beyond 50% who is pro-choice. Um. And in terms of the political landscape, uh, we have many parties to to vote on. And there's only um, two parties who are actively saying they are Mm. pro-life. And they are combined less than 5% of the votes in Norway.
1: Okay. Real quick, life. So that's, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's two parties out of roughly how many?
0: Uh, so uh, there's only one of the major ones, and the major ones are like yeah. nine, I think. Okay. Uh, and gotcha. then then we have one very small, uh, and, and there's heaps of smalls. I, I, I don't know how many. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so one large one is uh, four, four and a half, five percent, and the small one is less than one percent.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so that helps um, forgive me did you want to did you have uh, something else you wanted to continue on
0: so uh, one of the th- things that uh, at least that shows is that very mm. few vote by the pro-life issue mm. uh, if it is more than 5% of Norwegians that uh, are clearly pro-life Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the things that really surprised me uh, now uh, with this um, uh, uh, the evaluation of the law that, that is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the evaluation laid grounds that um, empirical grounds so so they had support for their, their view, is that uh, almost 25% of Norwegians are pro-life. Mm. Mm. Um, so the uh the by far most usual uh position is it's okay until twelve weeks at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh almost twenty five percent was um saying that no, uh we don't want any abortion for any reason reason. Yeah. Mm. And okay, well. And to me that was shockingly high. I, mm. I would never have expected that. Just yeah. Being in Norway, <laughs> no one talks about that it. Strikes me as high, yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredibly um, yeah. high, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at the very least, we know that it's not an issue people vote over, mm. because if they did, the pro-life yeah. parties would have been way higher.
2: Yeah.
0: So so um, while it seems to be an issue that people still have. Um, Opinions about and opinions going in pro-life direction, um, or at, at least a, a considerable part has a um, pro-life direction on uh, on their uh, opinions. Uh, mm. It is not a live issue in in the politics mm. in any capacity. At least the pro-life case. So so the 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 way it's. Getting alive now is that they want to push from twelve to eighteen weeks, mm-hmm. but but that was also yeah. in the report. They uh, said that uh, the majority do not support until eighteen weeks, but they suggested it anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Cam, I want to get your thoughts on that sure. um, because that sounds that sound. It, there's a really big dichotomy here between like. The Norwegians don't seem to vote on pro-life issues. Ever. However, uh, from where we come from, me and Cameron mm-hmm. from the United States, it seems like uh, at least the conservative side, most of the time, the pro-life issue is like what they campaign on. Mm-hmm. That's like at the forefront of their policies and and campaigns. And even if those promises don't amount to anything once they actually get into office, and we've been through some administrations where that's been the case, where the Republicans have had the power to change things and they didn't. Um, and so even if they made these promises on the campaign, that's what swayed people's votes, even if those promises never happened. Seems to be the complete opposite in Norway, where it's like it's not even an issue, even though 25% of Norwegians are pro-life. Cam, what are what are some of your thoughts about that? Oh, gosh. so <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Probably a lot. Probably a, lot. So,
2: there a lot of thoughts, well, yeah. Knowing my... My political philosophy, it's interesting you'd ask me to comment on things that politicians say and do. But <laughs> yes. um, the way that you describe the d- debate and the political divide in Norway is really interesting compared to the United States. So, Jacob, you can back me up on this and see if I give kind of an accurate description of what it seems like in the U.S. But broadly speaking, of course, this doesn't um, account for every case, but broadly speaking and generally true, we have, uh, we have two major uh, political parties: the Republicans and the Democrats. Republicans, by and large, at least their um, re- rhetoric and their platforms usually include uh, some version of the pro-life, um, mm-hmm. pro-life principle. Although, as Jacob, as you and I have talked about before, that it's it's very rarely sort of universal pro-life, or right. So right. there are always exceptions, but generally, Republicans are pro-life, and generally, Democrats are. Uh, pro-choice. And I don't really love either of those terms because they're political terms and they're loaded and they don't really describe well the people's position. But it's something like in general, Republicans believe that abortions shouldn't be happening and Democrats believe that it's a right that people uh, that people have to pursue. And the debate focuses really on a few things. One is who has the right over the impregnated body? Mm-hmm. Um occasionally we talk about the ontology of the developing whatever it is. I don't want to load the language yet, but whatever it is, what is it? Sometimes that comes up, Um, but generally people are just kind of talking past each other or uh, the discussion there is generally not very nuanced or helpful. Generally, we talk about where the restrictions should be, similar to Norway, but we don't have anything in the United States. I'm not aware of any state where... You can self-elect to terminate your pregnancy up to a point, and then you have a panel that has to approve it, and then you have a cutoff. In mm-hmm. general, it's all self-election, and the distinctions right. among the states have to do with when the cutoff happens. So famously, over the last couple of years, uh, several states in the United States have have passed more restrictive laws so that once, once, mm-hmm. for example, a heartbeat is detected, then you have to have a compelling medical reason to terminate the pregnancy, something like that. And where most of the debate happens is not actually um in ethical or metaphysical terms, most of the debate is political and kind of gross, so what ends up happening mm-hmm. is um someone like me might say, well listen, this is an important moral question what what are we killing and if it's if it's a human being, then let's talk about the ethics around whether it's possible to uh, kill a human being and not be morally blameworthy like let's talk about that yeah uh, someone like me who wants to have that discussion generally gets kind of pilloried as somebody who thinks he owns women's bodies and wants to tell people how they have to live and keep your laws off of my body and women have earned this right that's what we hear the most is that women have come so far and this is basically the um oh how should I put it like this is the the truth maker about whether a woman has rights or is valuable in society, so if once you get rid of uh say abortion access, then the story is that women don't have rights anymore, that they are that they are not fully integrated into society as equally valuable citizens, something like that. but it, the discussion mm-hmm. tends to be around what rights do women have? are they as valuable as men? do they have the same? Types and kinds and equal sorts of rights in society. That's on the one hand. And then on the other hand, I don't know the Republican argument very well, except to say something like, well, no, that's a baby and we, and we don't kill babies, which I, that's true as far as it goes. I think everyone agrees with that uh, principle and premise, but it, it seems to me that the Republicans aren't, mm, and be careful how I say this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: careful.
0: <laughs>
2: aren't perfectly consistent about that. So we'll say, no, no, it's a baby from conception. But right, uh, abortion should be allowed in certain um, there should be certain ex- certain moral exceptions so if the if the the Republicans are calling it baby, they say that if the baby was conceived by an act of um, an act of incest or an act of rape or sexual violence, then that's a legitimate reason to terminate the pregnancy at that point they'll say terminate the pregnancy, not kill the baby mm-hmm. and generally will allow for an argument about how, um, fr- from the time of conception, to what point is abortion, not just elective, well, I guess elective, but allowable. Like I said, I, as, I'm not aware of any place in the United States where we have uh, like a panel that has to approve the procedure. It's, it's all the, right. the, the so-called patient who makes that decision.
1: Yeah, me either. I don't know. Of any- yeah,
2: so different states, you know, the United mm. States is kind of weird compared to the rest of the world, but different states have different rules. And recently and famously, the United States Supreme Court said that that's a decision that states can make. There is no mm-hmm. national uh, guarantee for abortion access in the United States anymore. So that, the yeah, so as I say, in the United States, it tends to be a political discussion. People don't have right. the ethical, moral, intellectual conversation really well because... Mm-hmm. Um. Well, there are a lot of reasons for that, and I don't necessarily want to talk politics. Yeah. Well, but think- we have we have the edges. We have how uh, how early is this thing? Uh, like, when does it when does it earn the right to life? So an, or acquire. I shouldn't say earn. At what point does this uh, zygote, embryo, fetus, whatever, whatever it is, at what point does it acquire a right to life? And then on the other side, how long does how long does it have it? Actually, that that's yeah. a bad way of putting it. So we have some uh, American politicians who want to extend access to abortion up to birth or even post-birth. If, uh, uh, if the, we'll call it a fetus, I I don't want to use too politically loaded terms, but if the fetus survives an abortion procedure, what do you do at that point? Or is abortion allowable up to the point of birth or not? And sort of where should the line be? And Mm -hmm. yeah, I've I've spoken too much, but I think that
1: at least that's the contours of the American conversation. I, I think Right, and I mean, so it's just interesting to see that uh, dichotomy, if you will. That so the words pro-choice and pro-life uh, in America are, um, depending on whether or not you're one or the other, it could cost you tens of millions of votes. Yeah, it literally could. It's it seems to be at the forefront of the political conversation, regardless of what actual policies get changed or passed. Yeah, I think that. But it wins. It wins votes. Yeah, I th- yeah. I, f- I forgot to
2: mention that. Thank you, Jacob. So I think. That if a Democrat was running and said that they were pro-life, that they would never be. That person would never be elected. Yeah, that's, that's completely out of step with yeah. that um, uh, with that political party. Republicans, I'm not sure. Um, I think mm-hmm. they. I think they generally campaign as pro-life candidates, but we do have in the United States what we call single-issue voters, and for a lot of people, abortion is the single yeah. issue. So mm-hmm. um, I have conservative friends who see the. Uh, number of abortions happening in the United States. They're horrified by it. They morally, morally, they categorize it as murdering babies, which when put in those terms of most people would agree that that's a moral atrocity. And so they see that as, um, a very undesirable thing. And so everything else kind of pay, like how much money we spend on stuff, how many taxes are taken, like everything else is less important than if this really is baby murder. And there's so much of it happening in the United States that, um, Everything else is is a lower priority politically.
1: Yeah, and um, so speaking of those uh, single issue voters, uh, what wh- who tends to be single issue voters where we're from on the issue of abortion are actually evangelical Christians. Uh, it's not a criticism; it's just an observation. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's true. Cam can back me up if he agrees. But in Norway, uh, life. How about you help us get a broader a more accurate sketch of what's going on. Are Christians generally the ones who are more pro-life than pro-choice? I mean, I know that not 25% of Norwegians are Christian. Um, I know the numbers are generally lower than that. uh, As far as uh, Bible-believing, Apostles' Creed-affirming Christians. Uh, But so in the churches that you've been to in the Christian communities that you've seen – are they generally more pro-life, or is there like a mix of views among among Norwegian Christians, uh, in your estimation?
0: So um, I run an uh, apologetics group in, in uh, on Facebook that has um, mm. more than four thousand members. So there's they're somewhat um, representative for Christians. You have to be a Christian to get in, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there's. Basically, only Norwegians there, and me. I think, okay. you, yeah, I think you are. So, <laughs> I was going <gonna laughs> to say, uh, <laughs> can you send me an invite? Yeah. <laughs> it's only for Norwegians, yeah. man. They know right away. I get exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh but and uh, we have had some uh, polls there, uh, and mm-hmm. we're very spread on very many issues. But the one issue we actually had a very very, I think there was 97% agreement was the abortion issue. Mm. So, at the very least, it seems that uh, in the realm of Christians who are interested in going into such a group, which is not everyone. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a self-selecting <laughs> group. Exactly. <Interesting. laughs> so, so at least in, in that manner, very, very high percentage is um, pro-life. Okay, well. Wow. Uh, and um I do think also that if you uh look at polls on who calls themselves Christians, uh in Norway, uh you will approach like 20%. Um so uh at least that Okay. uh to to uh, so so what I would not say is that that is Full-blown evangelical Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, but mm-hmm. but at least people who who uh, says yes, I'm a Christian on a um, questionnaire. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, uh, I suspect that there is so those numbers are at least in the realms of each other. Uh, so I suspect there is a higher correlation than uh, I probably. Before I, I knew of that number, uh, and yeah. uh, I uh, I speak a lot in churches, so um, mm-hmm. my uh, general impression is that when I speak, uh, and that becomes Niger, mm-hmm. which is which it rarely does, really. But when it does, uh, the Christians around me uh, seem to be. Pretty confident that everyone here agrees that one should not be uh, for abortion. Mm-hmm. So, so at least that indicates that people who who comes to apologetics meetings also are the kind of group that, um, yeah, kind of assumes everyone around are pro life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah
1: Gotcha. okay, no, that's very helpful. Thank you for that i didn't know and I didn't know about that twenty percent statistic, so no. that that definitely does help i, uh, I uh, probably, would probably be willing to bet a good amount that there's a correlation there uh, yeah. absolutely
0: yeah. Yeah. go ahead so, so um I wouldn't blame you for not knowing the twenty uh, yeah. percent there's two mm. factors to that um, most young people. So in the, in the young uh, people category, it's way fewer. Uh, okay. So so the people you meet are, are probably mostly in the category where it's very, very much fewer. Mm. a gotcha. so, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, I, I think kind
1: of for right now, this gives us a really good sketch of kind of what's going on in Norway. And uh, what it will do actually is give uh, our listeners back at home, kind of a teaser or a little sneak peek about what we 're going to be doing on the next episode, which is a lot of the kind of issues that cam talked about um, during his sketch of the political can- uh, landscape in america uh, we 're going to be addressing some of those things, and so i 'm really looking forward to hearing why life uh, you 're pro life and we 're going to be talking about common uh, objections to the pro-life position and talking through this thing. So why don't we go ahead and end this episode here? Uh, Life, you got time to stick around for another episode? Yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to it. So everybody, if you want to hear more about what this conversation, uh, what life has to bring to the table, as far as why he's pro-life and why we think Christians should be pro-life. If you have a biblically based worldview, check us out again next week. We'll see you there. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to Word First Radio. Be sure to like, subscribe, and check us out online at wordfirst.us. Yeah!